Hi everyone, this is Dean Chris, and I want to invite you to join us today for this podcast. We're going to be talking about how to create an inspired workplace. And when you create an inspired workplace, things just change. Things are better. Employees are more motivated. You get the top performance from employees. So I'm going to give you some tips. I'm going to give you some ideas about how to do that. How do we create motivation, not only within ourselves, but from our employees? Sit back and enjoy. And as always, turn up the volume. Get ready to change your life. Hi, I'm Dean Chris. Welcome to Straight Talk on Leadership. This is what we'd like to say is the no BS zone, where we give you leadership tips, ideas, and practical suggestions to help you become a top leadership performer. Our goal is simple, help you become the best version of yourself and reach your highest potential as a leader. So sit back, turn up the volume, be ready to change your life. Hi, everyone. This is Dean Crisp, your host for Straight Talk on Leadership, and welcome back to our podcast. Uh, we are so pleased that Leaders Helping Leaders Network, LHLN, that you are choosing to join us and making the choice to listen to our podcast and listen to what we have to say about leadership. Folks at LHLN, that's a network of leaders who believe that growing and creating future leaders is the key to not only leadership, but getting the most from our business, getting the most from our life, getting the most from the purpose of what we're supposed to be in life. So keep sharing that growth out there, folks. And again, thank you for joining us. We're so excited here at Leaders Helping Leaders Network that we've got classes going on. We've got classes scheduled almost every week next year. We've got podcasts going on. We've got blogs. We want to invite you to read our blogs. And we're doing a series about emotional intelligence. We're doing a series about the four pillars of leadership, which are mindset, emotional intelligence, self-reflection, and self-healing. You know, those things have helped me along the path of becoming a much, much better leader. So we'll hope you enjoy that, and we hope you'll read our blogs. We hope you'll join in on our conversations. Let us know what you think about these podcasts and share these podcasts with your friends. The intent of this podcast is certainly to help us at LHLN get better, but to also help you, the listener, become much more productive, much better, and make leadership more of a lifestyle, if you will. Leadership has to be a lifestyle, and we so appreciate you taking the time out of your busy, busy day and joining us. Let us know what you think, and let us know what we can do to improve at LHLN. All you have to do is visit us at lhln.org, and you'll see the contact there. My phone number's listed. Kelly Corvin, our operations manager, her number's there. If you're interested in sponsoring a class or hosting a class, please let us know. If you're interested in attending some of our classes, please let us know on that. We're doing a master trainer presenter class February the 7th, or February the 3rd through the 7th in Asheville, North Carolina, 2020. Mark that on your calendar. I'm being joined by Tim Plotz, who I consider one of the master trainers in this great country, have done close to 250 classes at FBI Leader along with me. And we're going to join together. We're going to join forces, if you will, 
to really help people become master presenters and help them really be able to get their message across, connect to their audience, and also become master trainers. You will also receive certification from the Intentional Leadership course, which is our signature course, Intentional Leadership, Lead with a Purpose. So if you will, put that on your calendar, join us, and uh, folks, we look forward to seeing you there. So you know what? Today's episode, I am so excited about today's episode. And one of the reasons I'm excited about this episode is because motivation is at the core of every single thing we do. I don't care if it's get up and get out of bed, you got to get motivated to do it. If it's get into the shower, it's getting motivated to do it. Now, we know we need to do those things, but you have to create this kind of internal motivation to show external action. And when you create an internal motivation to create an external action, you start seeing results. And an intentional leader, what I believe is an intentional leader, is someone who intentionally puts forth the effort to get things done, generally gets those things done. And leadership, a lot of times, is done by accident. We just tend to do it, and we just tend to follow the pattern of the day. So whatever comes our way, man, we act upon it. Whatever you know comes on our path, we'll deal with it. But we really don't really direct ourselves to what we're trying to accomplish as a leader. Think about this question right here. If somebody asks you this question, what kind of leader do you want to be? Could you answer it? Well, we always say, yeah, we want to be a good leader, you know. Well, good is the enemy of great. Why not say, I want to be a great leader? And being a great leader doesn't mean you will ever get there. What it does mean is that you're going to put more effort, you're going to put more into your leadership, and it is going to become more of a lifestyle. So when people ask me, what kind of leader are you going to be? I say, I'm going to be the greatest one I can be, and I'm going to be significant in other people's lives. You think about that for a moment. That's one of the greatest questions anyone could ever ask you when they put you in a leadership position. What kind of leader are you going to be? We never ask those questions. No one. You know, I talk to people all over this great country, and I have never found a single person. And this is thousands of people. And I say to them, when you were promoted or were you were put in that leadership position, did anyone ask you what kind of leader do you want to be? And the answer mostly is no. So how do we lead when we don't even know what our direction is? So the purpose of LHLN is to help you become the greatest leader that you can be and to have the most impact on people's lives, not only their lives, but yours. But we have to stay motivated to do that. It's not easy. We are constantly barraged with all kinds of problems as a leader. If you weren't dealing with the problem, they don't need you. They don't need leaders when times are great. They need leaders when times are tough. Well, how do we stay motivated to do that? Well, I'm going to talk about motivating ourselves, and I'm going to talk about motivating others, and I'm going to talk about creating inspiration in the workplace. How do we create an inspired workplace? You know, uh, David Goggins, who I follow on Instagram, is, uh, man, one of the most hardcore individuals I have ever seen. I've never met him personally. I read his book, Can't Hurt Me. This guy it went through three series of BUDS training in one year because he had injuries and he was recycled through, finished 100-mile runs, 150-mile runs, 200-mile runs by himself, and just 
He is so motivated. And one thing he says about motivation that kind of got my attention was he says, you shouldn't have to stay motivated. If you know what you're trying to accomplish in life and you know what you're trying to do, then it should become more like an inspiration where you're constantly doing that and these little things don't interrupt that motivation. Well, you know, I believe that. And one of the things that that got me to thinking about was, well, if I keep employees inspired and I inspire myself, then it kind of translates or transforms or transfers, if you will, to those employees. And so if I stay inspired, then my motivation is pretty constant. And one of the things that I have found in my personal experience with employees are that if I am constantly running around trying to get them motivated, I'm going to have a tough road ahead because that motivation is going to have to be consistent. It's going to have to be daily. And they're going to depend on me to generate that motivation that gets things done. No one can go through life depending on other people to motivate you. You have got to motivate yourself. And so in this episode, I'm going to talk about how do we create inspiration in the workplace to keep people motivated so that they constantly come in to work knowing what we're trying to accomplish and they're on board with what we're trying to do. And I don't have to run around and motivate them every day. I don't have to go around and and constantly remind them of what we're trying to accomplish, they stay motivated. So we're going to talk about creating an inspired workplace. Now, folks, motivation is a necessary tool or skill set for every single leader. You have got to be able to motivate, find that special thing that gets them to move forward. You can't depend on all the time for them to do it themselves now. Just like I said earlier, Well, you're going to have to do that, but the key is to get them to see the bigger picture, to get them to see what the things need to be done. And you just constantly not having to remind them. Now, you know that motivation is hard sometimes. And things at work, whether it be politics, whether it be uh, the daily activities, whether it be somebody complaining, whether it be production, whether it be... uh, not meeting expectations, man, it's hard to stay motivated. Our things in our lives, we're constantly watching social media. We're constantly being in tune with what's going on in the world. And this world can demotivate us really quickly. So being able to motivate others is a tool and a skill that you really got to have. And, and that's not easy because you're going to have to stay inspired despite the fact that you might not be inspired. And so we're going to talk about how do you do that. And leading others and motivating them is key. As I said earlier, intentional leaders constantly work to make their employees and to make themselves productive individuals. Now, one of the key things that I found about myself is that if I grow, then I have a desire to share. And if I see myself growing, then it wants me or makes me feel compelled to share with others. And so when you look at motivation, you got to first start with yourself. You know, how do we keep ourselves motivated? And so when we look at these tips and ideas about 
how do we stay motivated? I want you to look internally and ask yourself this question. How am I applying these things to myself? How am I applying these so that I can apply them outwardly to others? Now, early in my career, I learned a pretty valuable lesson about motivation. And, you know, I wish I would have learned it a lot sooner, but I learned it uh, several years into being police chief. And I became a police chief at the age of 33. And when you become a police chief at the age of 33, the expectations for performance are really high, but your experience level and your skill set levels, unless you're just an extraordinary individual, are going to be, they're not going to match what's expected, nor they're going to match what's really put put before you sometimes. So you have to kind of learn on the fly. You have to learn on the job. And I learned this lesson about inspiration and motivation and how do you keep people inspired really through trial and error. And I learned that early in my career, one way I was trying to motivate people was to be very direct with them, make very clear what my expectations were, and then hold them to a very high standard. Well, you know, I thought that was going to work, but I found that it didn't. Because the one key factor in there was, was that I was imposing my motivation or my will on others without really sharing the reason. So when you do that, you're going to cause problems. And there's, there's two types of leading people. And this is something that I want you to really ponder on for a minute. I want you to think about it. There's two ways to lead people. You either inspire people or you manipulate them. Now, when I say the word manipulation, you might think all bad things, but manipulation is not all bad. We are all constantly manipulated in about everything we do during the day. Think about your driving to work today. Well, you were stayed in the traffic lanes. That's a manipulation. You stopped at stop signs. You probably parked in a parking lot within the line somewhere. You stopped at red lights. Uh, you paid money at the gas station or whatever the drink you got. Those are manipulations. You don't get those for free. You're not inspired. And just because you feel good, you walk in and you get to break the rules. No. Manipulation is not all bad. But if it's a primer or the primary way that you lead people, it can really suck. So I know that if I'm manipulated mostly during the day, I'm not really inspired. But inspiration, on the other hand, creates this belief that you're part of the solution. See, manipulation makes you think you're part of the problem. But inspiration helps you become part of the solution. And anytime that I am a part of the solution, I'm way, way, way more inspired. I'm more likely to do what I need to do and to push my performance level to the highest levels because I'm inspired. You see, when people are inspired, they will most often exceed expectations. But when people are manipulated, they will most often just meet them or really a little below. 
And when you manipulate employees and you use that as the primary way of motivation, well, folks, I'm going to tell you what I learned. They're only going to do what you want them to do when you're looking. When you turn your back, when you leave the office, whatever it is you do and you're out of their sight, they're going to return back to the old ways. And because manipulation is driving them, not inspiration. There's three ways that you use manipulation to lead people. These are what I, what I call the three F's. Now, these three F's are not really good when you use them in employees or you use them to get people to do things, but they're necessary sometimes. And I'm not trying to tell you that you can run around and it be this Shangri-La and everybody's inspired and everybody's happy and it's kumbaya. Not telling you that at all. There are going to be times when you're going to have to manipulate employees. There are going to be times when you have to do it. Hey, that's okay. But if I know one thing, that if manipulation is the primary way that I'm going to think and do my job, I'm not going to be really good at it. So if you use these three things, I want you to think about this. Now, remember when I said, look internally, if you use these three things, you can guarantee that they're manipulation. And those three F's, they are fear, force, and facts. So anytime you put an employee in fear of anything, it's 100% manipulation. Anytime they fear the results or your wrath or whatever it is that they may fear, you can bet it's manipulation. When you use force, do it because I said so. Do it because my rank. Do it because my position in the, in the business or in the, in the company or in the organization. Anytime you use that force, anytime you put someone and do something that they really don't want to do and they're forced to do it and they don't know the why, you can bet it's manipulation. And the other one's facts. Now, a lot of people use facts and hide behind the facts to believe that they're creating a inspiration. But really, they're creating a manipulation by using facts. And, you know, those kind of folks and folks who do that all the time, you know, these are just the facts. And here's the production. And here's what has to be done. And da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da. When they use facts as a stick, you can bet it's manipulation 100% of the time. Now, when you create inspiration, though, you use buy-in. You see, you create a more productive employee, and they most often or always will exceed expectations. They're more fulfilled. They have more purpose in life and at work. So, you know, creating an inspired workplace will save you a lot of work in the long run. Now, on the short end, the front end of this, it's going to take work because you're not just going to be able to walk in there and say, hey, guys, we're inspired today. I'm going to inspire you. Da, 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 da. No, 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 no. It doesn't work like that. You're going to have to create relationships. You're going to have to work with people. You're going to have to talk to them more than you might have often talked to them. But the reality is that in the long run, it's going to reduce the amount of work you have to do. And I guarantee you will raise the level of production, buy-in, purpose, fulfillment, and expectations.
All right, so let's buckle up here a little bit and let's start talking about how do we create an inspired workplace? And how do we keep employees motivated so that they themselves will create their own motivation and you don't have to stand over them every single day to keep them motivated? Well, the first thing, folks, and I'm going to give you seven tips on how to really create inspiration in the workplace, how to keep employees motivated, starting with yourself. The first thing, got to create a partnership. You see, creating partnerships gets people to believe in what you're trying to do. The fastest way to form partnerships with any employees is through relationships. Now, there's three rules on relationships, and I didn't make these up. These come from Harvard Research was, one, you got to spend time with employees. When you spend time with employees, that's the thing they call proximal relations. That means you got to spend time with them. When you're spending time with employees, they believe you care about them. When you're taking the time to talk to employees, say hello, say good morning, man, they believe that you care about them. You know, in the old days, we didn't want to see our bosses. Matter of fact, if we saw our boss that day, then that generally meant something was wrong. But in today's world, these new generation of folks, man, they want to see you every day. And if they don't see you every day and you don't have a good interaction, man, they're writing you an email or they're texting you or they're doing something, finding out what's wrong. So you got to create a partnership. Partnerships means that you have common values with people. It means that you have common purpose with people. It means you understand expectations with people. And let me tell you how to create the fastest form of partnership or the fastest partnerships. Let me tell you how to do that really quickly. Explain the why. Now, some of you have just said, man, I thought that was going to be really good. Hey, but that is really good. If you explain the why, that simply means that you lead with the why. See, I guarantee you, you find this to be true because I find it to be true everywhere I go. When I ask someone to do something, the first question that I get is why. Why do I do that? Now, I want you to look at when someone asks you why differently. They're not questioning your authority and they're not being resistant to doing it. What they are doing is they're wanting to believe the same things you do. Every single employee who comes to work. Now, I believe this with every employee. Now, now folks, don't get caught up in this. 10% of the organization that's just nasty. And this 10%, what I call them Al-Qaeda sales, that really don't care about the organization. They're trying to blow it up. They're trying to disturb what's going on. They're not part of that. Don't let those people influence how you see the whole organization. No, 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 no. Don't let that happen. But I really believe that every single employee, I don't care how much they get paid. I don't care what their job title is. I don't care what they do. When they come to work, They want to be a partner with you and the bosses in the organization to accomplish something special and believe in something bigger than themselves. When you explain the why, you start creating relationships of trust. And you start telling people, this is why we're doing that. You get them to believe into it. I guarantee you, if you start tomorrow or today, after you hear this podcast, explaining the why, you will see people's attitude improve greatly. 
Don't wait on them to ask you the why. Tell them. It creates confidence. It creates buy-in. Creating partnerships matter. Everyone wants to partner. All of us have this view of ourselves that we're fairly special. And when you explain to someone why you're doing something and you make them a part of that, creates a partnership. Guarantee you anything in life that you exceed at, you formed a partnership with somebody to do it. Whether it be working out in the gym, whether it be on a diet, whether it be reading a book, whether it be walking around the neighborhood, whatever the heck it is. Whether it be doing something special at work. You know, I was a member of SWAT team for a number of years and taught it and trained it all around the country. One of the reasons you don't ever have to freaking motivate SWAT members is because they're partners. They're all partners with each other as well as the organization to try to accomplish something special. And that's what happens. Create a partnership. Number two, folks, this is probably more important than number one, and these are not in order of importance, but people got to know you care about them. Now, you can talk all kinds of leadership. You can talk about all kinds of stuff you want to talk about. Let me tell you something. If people don't know that you care about them, forget it. Forget it. Every single person who comes outside of their house or has a conversation or has interaction with anyone, especially a boss, they want to know you care about them. If you don't think that's true, now I don't want you to hurt anybody's feelings, but kind of act like you don't care about somebody and see what happens. It takes the motivation right out of them. I mean, it takes the motivation completely out of them. It just drains them. You know, I've seen employees that uh, I should have taken time with and I should have spent more time to let them know that I care about them. Could have changed the whole relationship. But that one factor of them believing that I didn't care about them killed our relationship. Folks, people have to know you care about them. Now, am I telling you run around and make them all your buddies? No. Am I telling you got to run around and tell them how special they are and that you love them and all that? No, 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 no. I'm not saying that. What I am saying is that I do know this for a 100% fact. Now, you use your own skill sets to determine this, but mine, in terms of this, I can tell in two seconds whether you care about me or not. And if you don't care about me, I don't want to hear what you got to say. People do not care. This is for all you smart folks out there who believe that you can just outsmart people. This is for all you folks out there like me who believe you can just outwill people or, or believe that you can impose your will or that you can, you can get things done because it's the right path to do. Man, everybody should see we're going down this path. Well, let me tell you something. They don't care about that till they know how much you care about them. So whatever you got to do, you want to create an inspired workplace, let people know you care about it. As soon as you do that, they'll start standing out. They'll start having a better attitude. Their mindset will be better. Third thing you got to do, you got to grow them. Now, folks, the fastest way to growing anyone is growing yourself. It's one of the things that I really forgot in leadership for a number of years. Or I don't know if I forgot. It. I just don't know that I even thought about it. But the more that I've been reading, the more that I've been expressing leadership and helping people with leadership and 
and talking about leadership and going around this great country and seeing the results of leadership, the more I know this, that if I grow myself, see, I left that part out. I was so busy trying to grow others. But if you grow yourself, you cannot help but grow others. We have this thing in our our brain kind of is like a desire to share. Now, I'm not going to get into all the technological stuff, mainly because I don't know it, and all the integral workings of the brain about how that works. But I do know this, that when people know something or when they have information or they can, they understand something more than you do, they have a tendency to want to share that. And if you want to grow others, grow yourself. When you grow others, you will create a desire to share with others that will make a huge difference in your life and the life of others. Leaders, according to John Maxwell, John Maxwell says that leaders have to see more and before others. I love that. That's one of the greatest uh, greatest quotations of leadership I've ever heard. They got to see more and before others. Well, the only way you can do that is to grow yourself and kind of see the future. You know, one thing I always like to say about the future is you want to, you want to be able to see the future. You want to be able to predict the future. Create it. That's the way you predict the future. Leaders create the future. You got to grow others. One thing about growth is this, that personal growth has been shown by studies to be the number one factor in preventing burnout. If you grow personally, you tend to not burn out. And I guarantee you, most of you out there who are listening, there's times in your lives when you're not growing as much, man, you can burn out in a second. But me, man, I stay on the road a lot, travel a lot, talk to people a lot. It could be very easy for me to burn out. This week I was in uh, Georgetown, Texas, And the week before that, I was in Palm Springs, California. And, you know, I had such a great group of folks. And I was in Burke County, Georgia in between that. And I had such a great group of folks that they inspired me so much that I can remember writing eight pages of notes about leadership stuff. And they just grew me tremendously. It was like, I I mean... And it was so fulfilling to have a group of individuals help me grow. And man, I was inspired as heck. If you grow others, they'll stay inspired and so will you. Now, when employees grow, number four is increase their responsibility. You see, when I I show growth, I want to have more autonomy and responsibility. So I'm not telling you to go out there right now and start giving people more responsibility. Help them grow and then reward them. You have to reward employees and giving them more responsibility and giving them more to do and autonomy is so important. You know, you really have to encourage people by rewarding them. So, Increase the responsibility, increase the rewards, and increase the autonomy. You'll create more inspired workplace. Now, number five. Folks, this was probably one of the worst things I was 
good at. <laughs> That's kind of funny to, to hear me say that about, you know, it, it's the worst thing I was good at. Okay. But I used to be good at this, that if I felt stress in the workplace, and number five is uh, reduce the stress. If I felt stress, I felt like showing my stress to others helped motivate them. Ha! My stress only created fear. When you create fear, 100% manipulation. So let me tell you, this is what I would suggest you do. Stop believing that your stress is going to cause others to be more motivated. All the heck that does is create more damn stress. And when people are stressed, the part of their brain they need the most, which is the damn thinking part, shuts down. Now, that's not me. That's scientists who have proved that. We all have these things in our brain called the amygdalas, right? Well, I mean, I don't even know if you know what an amygdala is, but that's that little thing that kind of creates awareness in us that allows you to be on alert and it shows or tells you when threats are around us. And when a threat comes, your brain actually shuts off. The amygdala stops our short-term memory. And all we do is worry about fight or flight. When a person feels really stressed, all they do is shut down. So if you want to create an inspired workplace, stop believing that you're stressed, that you're going to be expressing. And like me, Sharon, well, that don't work. So stop that. Get a more calm, a more directed, a more calculated approach to how you're going to create an inspired workplace. Stop sharing the stress. Number six, as we've already talked about a little bit, but you got to celebrate accomplishments. When your team, when your individuals that you work with reach goals, when they reach milestones, when they reach things that you've got them to work on, they have got to be told they're doing what they need to be doing. They've got to be rewarded. They've got to be told how important they are. Now, I know I can just hear some of you. Why do I need to do this constantly? Why do I constantly got to remind people how good they are? Well, I'm not saying that you have to do it all the time. But you have to remember that we have changed over the past 20 years as human beings to the point where all of us are thinking much more holistically, which means we see the bigger picture of the world and everyone's feelings matter. If you're a boss and you believe that that you can just treat people the way you want to and they just do their job and you never walk around and tell them that they've accomplished anything or that they aren't doing a good job, it's fool's gold, people. You know, always you say, well, why should I tell somebody they did their job when they're supposed to be doing it? Because we need it. No greater reason we need it. When people are told they're accomplishing something, it creates dopamine drop, which creates an amazing feeling, which is the same chemical that freaking addicts people to drugs. You as a leader, you have to understand that you got to be smart enough to hit, create those dopamine hits that make people want to do things. Manipulation never does that. 
Inspiration does it all the time. It will addict people to performance. Hello? It will addict people to performance. And that's what you want to do. Create an inspired workplace. Number seven, one of the most important is you got to connect the employee to their purpose. Now, every single one of you, and including me, we wake up every morning, we have a purpose in life. Now, I'll give you an example of my purpose in life. My purpose in life is to be an educator, to be an informer, to be a teacher, to be a coach. You know, I don't know how to put it into like one word what my purpose in life is, but I love helping other people. I love staying motivated and pushing myself to be the best that I can be. My purpose in life is every day I wake up, embrace life. You only get one shot at this thing. So embrace it, you know. Don't go around with a negative, nasty attitude. Embrace life. Help others. And when I help others, man, it it just so much helps me. It's who I am. And you have to understand every single employee has a purpose. And then your organization has a purpose. So you have these two things, purpose, the employee one and the organizational one. And if you want to really create an inspired workplace, connect those two. So find out what that purpose is of your organization. It's like police work, right? So I always tell people this. I never regretted going to work a single day and did it over 30 years. Was a police chief for 17, and there were many, many shitty days. There were days when it literally sucked to be me. But I never regretted going to work on any of those days because I was walking in my purpose. See, when you walk in your purpose, you're in your power place. Find out what that employee's purpose is. You know, if their purpose is to make things the absolute best they can be, then connect that to what the organization does and use them. You know, when I was on the road uh, working, man, it was so good to go out and just on the most simplest of calls just to make people know that we cared about them, that we could help them, and that we could change their lives or help their lives. Boom. I, I remember doing this job and saying, actually saying, job of a police officer, I would do it for free. So you've you got to, the, the job of every boss or every leader is to get employees to think this about their job. Now, all right, hold on now. Listen to me. Here's a key point for them to say, I love my job. Man, <laughs> a lot of cops out there right now. I'm just going, oh my God. You know, it's, you know, some kind of bullshit. And it's not bullshit. You know, if you love what you do, you never work a day. If you hate what you do, you work every day. Connect employees to their personal purpose, to the organizational purpose. You get an inspired workplace. Well, folks, it's been great to be with you today. And I hope that this has helped you. I know that uh, these lessons, these seven tips that I've given you are not something that I've just read in a book. These are not something that I just made up. These are all things that I've used to increase employee buy-in, increase employee purpose, increase not only employee but my own personal growth to make me more satisfied, to get me to understand what the company or what the organization I was working with, what they were trying to accomplish. I've used all these things. And these seem to be the top seven that I can give you to create a more inspired workplace. An inspired workplace will be a happier place. It will be a much more 
productive place. It will be much less stress. The retention of employees will go up. The satisfaction of the employees will also go up. Your complaints will go down. And the overall environment that you create as a leader will improve greatly. And there's nothing like a great environment at work. Folks, we're going to spend the better part of our entire lives at work. And we owe it to ourselves as well as to our employees to create an inspired workplace. If you create inspiration in your life yourself, it will absolutely completely transfer to inspiration in the workplace. Hope those seven tips have helped you. And I hope that uh, you'll join us again. And let's wrap those up and go on really quickly with those seven tips. Create partnerships. Let employees know you care about them. you got to grow them while you're growing yourself. Grow yourself first. got to increase their responsibility with that growth. You can't just let that growth not be productive. you got to reduce their stress, folks. And you reduce their stress by not believing that your stress increases their performance. Does not, never has, never will. you got to celebrate their accomplishments. When you celebrate their accomplishments, folks, it makes all the difference in the world. And you got to connect the employee, their own personal purpose to the organizational purpose. Creating an inspired workplace will pay dividends not only for you, it will pay dividends for all those that work with you, and it will also pay dividends for your organization. Folks, thank you for joining us on LHLN. As we said before, please join us on our website at LHLN.org. Our goal at LHLN is to share the growth. Folks, Hope this has helped you. Keep sharing the growth. You've been listening to the Straight Talk on Leadership podcast with Dean Crisp. Be sure to like and subscribe to this podcast in iTunes or Spotify so that you do not miss a future episode. Also, please visit our website, www.lhln.org, where you can find the show notes, links provided by our guests, and learn more about the Leaders Helping Leaders Network and our upcoming classes. Until our next episode in the no BS zone, be sure to put your leadership into action every day. Thank you for listening.